about spring training rambling about tim tebow talking about hopefully some royals porn (laughs) (laughs) we this is kind of a weird point in the spring because we've reached the point where like the shine of the return of baseball has kind of worn off a little bit and it's just the middle of spring training and we're just kind of like okay why do they do a whole month i'm having fun but like can opening day just get here please we're like two weeks out we're inching our way there Inching is the right term. Yeah. Crawling. Yeah. <laughs> How you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right. How about you? Pretty good. Yeah. You feel good about the A's still? Uh, Yeah. Some guys look good. Other guys don't look so good. Not really sure if they're going to have any pitching, but they'll have some people Wait. out there. Hold on. Let me consult my phone for another notification about I'll, AJ Puck. I will walk out of this If there's none in there, studio. if there's not a notification, just give me 30 quick seconds and I'll get another one about him. All right, I'll pull my phone out and look for the notification talking about how this is Harvey's year where he could finally get over the hump. Oh, you're so right. If I have to read another thing about Matt Harvey being the X Factor, yeah. Matt Harvey has fallen so far that he is just the X Factor. Yeah. He went from being the Dark Knight to the X Factor. This is like he went from being a blockbuster film directed by Christopher Nolan to being the British reality show started by Simon Cowell. <laughs> Uh, this is seriously like year four where we're like, is Harvey going to be good or not? I don't know, but let's hope he is because if he is, that'll be good. He just pitched today. So we're recording this on Thursday, March, what is it? The 14th? No, no, no. March 15th. 15th, Yeah. We're recording this on Thursday, March 15th. He just pitched today. He was, eh, eh. It's probably how he's going to be all year. Uh, Yeah. That's Eh. because Harvey at this point is kind of eh. Yeah. Yeah. He still throws kind of hard though. And that's all that matters, according to announcers. That if is... I had a dollar for every time in spring training I heard someone say, well, you know, teams are just valuing velocity a lot more than just guys knowing how to pitch these days. <laughs> I'm like, all right, okay. We get uh, it. No one knows how to pitch, they just throw. Speaking of other pitchers who were very good, like three or four years ago, <laughs> and whose uh, star has fallen a little bit, uh, the one and only Jake Arietta finally signed after months of protracted negotiations. He is now a Philadelphia Philly. I feel like I'm being trolled. <laughs> I feel like it's Truman's show, and I'm just living in it, and they're just watching my reaction to things that happen on yeah. a baseball field. Yeah. Of of course this was going to happen, though. Of course Arietta was going to become a freaking Philly. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. It's like a match made in heaven in terms of the spending and the you know the balancing of the books, because yeah. the Phillies have a ton of money to spend now. And, and they're not going to be half bad either. Yeah. Like, they don't have a lot of people to spend it on because yeah. they're waiting mostly for their, their good young players to come up. Well, they have no rotation other than him yeah. and Aaron Ola. Yeah, I know. Well, the other thing is, like, no one else was signing people. So, like, the Phillies were like, look, if you're not going to sign Carlos Santana and Jake Arietta, <laughs> like, we will. <laughs> like, if you guys don't want him, we'll just take him. He, Arietta, penned, like, this really beautiful, heartfelt thank you to Chicago 
for the fans and the city and growing up and how he raised his kids in Wrigleyville and stuff like that. And that was nice. But also, I don't like him. So that's my take. Yeah. He's going to be fine this year if he's going to be their second best pitcher. You remember when Trump won and he was like, now is all of Hollywood going to make the trip over the border? I was like, what? I don't even know what that is means. This, like, is, is this a pro-Trump t- tweet? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the best one. You can't even tell. I know. That bodes well. Yeah, so the contract he signed was also a really strange one. It was like, it's like a three years. Wait, I got it. I got it on, I got it on lock. I yeah? read the Jeff Sullivan piece today. I feel like I am now writing for fan graphs. Um so it's a three-year deal, yeah. but Arietta himself has an opt-out after the second year. And if he exercises that opt-out, then the Phillies can say no, and they can void the opt-out. But if they void the opt-out, they have to pay him the last three years of the contract. Wait, so it becomes a five-year deal, right? It becomes a five-year deal, yeah. yeah. But there is also an opt-out after the fourth year, too, like a team opt-out. So they can pay him for... It could either be two years, or it could be four years, or it could be five years. Couldn't it also be three years? Because it's technically just three If no one deal. does anything. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it could be two, three, four, or five years. Yes. It's quite confusing. That really makes sense. I mean, it's more complicated than it needs to be. There could have just been a team option. Like, that's it. Yeah. Oh, well. Whatever. I don't have that many more thoughts about this. Anyone else that we need to talk about? Mike Moustakis, do you have anything to say? Criminally undervalued. Yeah, that's oh, what I have to oh say. Even my, though I dislike him, yeah, whatever, he lost himself twenty-five million dollars by chewing gum really aggressively. That's my th- take. Whatever you think about Mike Mustakas, he's making like six million this coming year. The guy was like a three-win player last year and an All-Star and hit like thirty-six home runs. How many third basemen coming off thirty-six home run campaigns get paid six million dollars? Not many, I would say. I I was listening to Effectively Wild and they were kind of making the case that. You know, most teams feel like they can develop a Mike Musakis type where they have a, an infielder who hasn't quite started hitting yet but feels okay, and they think that they can just develop him in-house for a lot cheaper. And again, this gets back to our conversation about just the way that the the bargaining agreement works, that young players so don't get paid. Like they shouldn't be cheaper. Yeah, right? exactly. It, it, they should not be cheaper options, right? They should be... If you really believe that they these players are going to be worth as much as Mike Moustakis is on the field, then they should be allowed to make more money. Yeah, you should be paying them as such. Yeah, or you should just pay Mike Moustakis. If you want to keep this stupid system that we have, then pay Mike Moustakis for someone you believe is not going to be as good as a cheaper option on your team. Yeah. Like, the, that's the only option. I think they failed to mention that, but, I mean, they've talked about it a lot, so... Yeah, I don't know. I think that, like, regardless, there are 30 teams out there. You know, maybe five or six teams have solid third basemen, and the rest could probably use a Mike Moustakis, right? Like, the Mets could have used a Mike Moustakis. The... No, Todd Frazier. Uh, yeah, that's true. You can either get one or the other. I mean, right. the Mets before Todd Frazier, yes. Yeah, the Mets needed a third baseman. I mean, Todd Frazier, also criminally underpaid, right? Um, so, well, but he just wanted to stay in New York, man. I don't know if you know this. He's from New Jersey. <laughs> is the he thing really? is about The thing about Todd Frazier is that he grew up a Yankees fan. He's from, Whoa. yeah, he's he's from Tom's River. He's also from close to New York. Wow. He, he used to take the train into the city and root for the Yankees. He just loves New York. <laughs> God. Anyway, ten million dollars worth of love for New York. Yeah, for real. Anyway, pay your players. That's really all we have. This is just like one more conversation about something we've been talking about all winter, so we don't need need to rehash this again. Yeah. Um. So, vaguely pro Trump things. Just have to get your quick take on Josh Donaldson. Is this a new segment? Vaguely <laughs> pro Trump things. <laughs> vaguely pro Trump baseball things. 
Um, what did your boy do? What did Josh do recently that put him in the headlines? Not even really the headlines that put him on our Twitter feed. Um, <laughs> I don't even I don't have the tweet up right now, but he basically there was some tweet that got deleted um, where he was tweeting about uh, Barstool Sports, tweeting at Barstool Sports about like Saturdays for the boys, whatever you know, which is their whole slogan. Um, Saturdays so, actually are for the boys. Women yeah. just cease to exist on Saturdays. It's so true. <laughs> and then some person like responded to his tweet, and he responded by saying, "Well." You know, how is saying Saturday is for the boys sexist? Although he spelled it sexiest. How is saying <laughs> Saturday is for the boys sexiest if International Women's Day is a thing? Isn't that sexist? Was the gist of his argument. He's speaking some facts. My response to that is it, it's not sec- <laughs> it's not sexiest. I'm sorry, Josh. <laughs> My response to that is that that tweet is the like the Twitter manifestation of his haircut. <laughs> it really is. Like you knew this was coming. <laughs> you had to know from the haircut, beard, baseball playing combination that yeah. he had this deep down inside yeah. of him. Not even that deep, really. He put it on Twitter. So anyway, if you're an early twenties white guy, you probably retweeted that tweet. Yeah. In other sort of ridiculous parallel baseball news. Yeah. So uh... <laughs> we're just really moving through these quickly because we have an interview a little later with a friend of Alex's named Austin who was out at spring training in Arizona this week. And so he's now officially the Tipping Pitches spring training correspondent. And we're going to get to that later. So we're just going to bang through these really quickly. So if it sounds like we're going rapid fire, it's because we are. Well, okay. So speaking of banging through these, um, <laughs> the Kansas City Royals this I'm going to do a supercut of every speaking of that we've ever done. It's just going to be ridiculous because they're very tangentially related. Um, the Royals this past week, this past weekend, or I think maybe it was the weekend before, um, hosted an anti-porn workshop for their players and coaches. Uh, apparently, they're doing their part to sponsor a fight for love. Uh, quick thoughts on this one. Um, do you have any uh, any hot takes? <laughs> any um, any h- hard news you can bring at me with this one? I want you to keep going. Um, no. I don't really have that many thoughts about this. My initial thought is just why is this really an issue that's plaguing baseball? Yeah. So like their whole uh, Dayton Moores, who's the general manager of the Royals, his rationale behind it is he thinks that like watching porn leads to domestic violence or there is some sort of correlation there where, where like, you know, the more porn you watch, like the higher chance there is of you committing some sort of domestic violence which is not true. Like the evidence <laughs> for that is very slim. Um, but you know, I get whatever works. I guess this yeah. is such a such a ugh, this is such a baseball way of going I about was, these yeah, things. Yeah, I was just about to say it's this. This is the most roundabout way to address an issue that you could very easily just address head on that we've been calling for for a very long time. Yeah, like how about some actual rehabilitation rather than just being like we're going to suspend you eighty games and then come back and everything's fine. Oh, I thought you were talking about, I thought you were then again referencing the porn thing. I thought they were <laughs> no. going to suspend their players 80 games where they find them watching porn. <laughs> Could you imagine? No wonder, oh God, no wonder Eric Hosmer wanted to get the F out of there. I also said 80 games as if any major league team would suspend their player 80 games for committing domestic violence. Yeah, it's more like 40 Yeah, at the most. Yeah, at the high end. Yeah. yeah. This so, college football would be like a half. So anyway. suspended for half a game. Yeah, for real. <laughs> 
Anyway, dumb things in baseball. Like, this isn't going to do anything and stigmatizes sex work. And how about we just address domestic abuse the right way? Agreed. Yeah. All right, last thing before we get to the conversation with Austin, which was really fun, and he knows a lot about baseball. And uh, you're going to enjoy it. But before we do that, pace of play. Our favorite thing to say on this show, where often we have just screamed pace of play into the void of the WNYU basement. Well, Robert Manfred is uh, is doing things. Robert? Robert Manfred. What, are you his mom now? (laughs) Well, if he keeps this up, then yes, he's going to be sent to his room. (laughs) All right, quickly recap what what are the new pace of play developments. Uh, It's just something like minor. This is going to be implemented at the minor league level, um, but extra innings... Start with a runner on second base Mm -hmm. and also like pitch clocks and that sort of thing. But it's really the extra innings runner on that is, I think, getting people because, again, like why? Like I don't care about the minor leagues, but I don't want to see this in Major League Baseball. Yeah, the thing about I I really could care less about whether this – I couldn't care less about whether this happens in the minor leagues this year, but the thing about it is – once it happens in the minor leagues, that means it's basically just a time, like a ticking clock before it happens in the major leagues. Yeah. And this is, retre- again, like a lot of these topics are just retreading ground that we have tread before. But like, no Is that one- what happens when you retread something? <laughs> it's something that you've tread before? <laughs> um, but like no one is upset about this. No one. I have not met a single person who's upset about extra inning baseball being too long. Neither have I. I don't even know if like... I don't even know if people at Major League Baseball are upset about it. I feel like Rob Manfred just wakes up and just thinks these things, and then he's like, I'm going to do them. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't met players. I haven't met coaches, yeah, teams. It, it comes to him in a dream, and he just does it like unilaterally. He's just like, nope, it's done. <sighs> anyway, pace of play. That's uh, It's pacing. I feel like I just need to get that phrase tattooed on my forehead. Oh, my God, I know. Pace of play. Then maybe MLB will hire me. <laughs> All right. Um... Let's get to the interview. Uh, When we come back, we are going to have the one and only Austin Zimmerman. Okay, Bobby. So, uh, so this is a fun one. We have on the line with us the one and only Austin Zimmerman. Uh, he is a, a college student at Pitzer in Southern California, um, a, uh, a high school buddy of mine, and also our resident spring training slash Giants expert. <laughs> Austin, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, of course. He's like our correspondent. We're just like sending people out into the network of the world. Do we have a spring yeah. training correspondent? I feel very official. Yeah, I, you guys, the press pass it was late in the mail, so I wasn't able to get on the field. Um, but I yelled a lot of questions from the stands um, and was ignored uh, appropriately um, at spring training. But yeah, so I spent uh, this past weekend at spring training in Scottsdale at the Cactus League. Uh, I got to see... Um, four games uh the giants are Gi- giant is my beat so that's uh that's where i was focused but i got to see them play a lot of you know uh, other four separate teams um and lots of good players uh and so i, I got some notes from that um i can kind of start off with some impressions of of players that i think were 
interesting to watch um, or otherwise players that I had kind of interesting insights on. D. Gordon was the, the first um, player at the Giants Mariners uh, had a game and I saw D Gordon get to play some center field, which was, um, something I was really looking forward to, to seeing. Um, I think everyone is, in, is interested to see how that, um, experiment is going to go down. Um, the thing that was really interesting about that game is D, D Gordon ended up, uh, hitting two home runs in that game in back-to-back at bats, um, in standard D Gordon fashion. <laughs> now and that 2018. Was part of a, <laughs> Yeah, 2018 classic. It was part of, um, I believe, a back-to-back-to-back uh, Seattle Mariners onslaught, included, which included Nelson Cruz um, and um, this like linebacker-looking first baseman named Vogelbach or something. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he's a big boy. Yeah, and uh, so that was a bit strange. Um, but I will say that there were a total of eight or nine home runs hit in that game. It was a, The wind was blowing straight out, uh, and it was kind of a Cactus league type game i was texting alex the whole time like um in in shock about the ball how the ball was flying out of the yard but he did put the ball out um both of them were you know line drives um kind of just hooked around the foul pole kind of things um his defense i wasn't as impressed with as some people have been he let a pretty catchable ball drop in front of him uh for a single that i thought with his speed um he, that's a ball he should be getting to um even i know we're early in the spring and he's figuring out how to read the read balls off the bat in center field, but um, I was a little bit disappointed in that. Um, and then um, he also didn't show great arm strength from center. He kind of made it like an Eric Burns-style front flip throw towards home plate. Uh, that, and then it ended up about 20 feet up the line. Um, you know, it, 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 you know it, it held the runner at third, but just because he looked like he was going to be throwing it hard um, more than anything else, uh, I think there was like MLB gifts or whatever, or cut four was like sending – you know, on Twitter was like putting out all kinds of images of some throw, play at the plate that he was a part of, and and uh, it was you know anyone can look good coming coming straight in on a ground ball throwing to home plate. You know, it's uh, that's like what you do before the game to like make your outfielders feel good about themselves. It's so I think, uh, <laughs> batting practice for outfielders. Yeah, pretty much. So so it was um, so that I was I wasn't as impressed with his arm strength. I don't know, but but I think the de- as far as you know he, he's going to cover ground out there. Um, and it's just a matter of him getting his reads right. Um, but it was really interesting to see him out there playing some center field. He played four, four or five innings out there, which was pretty cool. Um, I will be interested to watch that because I like D Gordon and yeah, I, totally. I, I want him to do well. And it seems like, it does seem like the sort of thing where it's like, why did no one maybe think of this before? Right? Like, like his yeah, speed totally. feels like it would play perfectly <laughs> out there. And, uh, and you know, I didn't see him in action, really, but it seems like the, the arm strength for a second baseman uh, moving to center field is you're, you're like, OK, like I can I can live with this. I can make this work. If if your right. if your floor is Coco Crisp, um, mm-hmm. who has zero right, arm totally. uh, or it's a guy like Kevin Kiermaier, D Gordon will will fit himself nicely there in the middle. Totally. Um, I just want to say and, I Googled yeah. a picture of this Vogelbach character <laughs> and he looks like if Kyle Schwerber absorbed Michael Conforto. <laughs> He is he is um this uh, substantial man, at <laughs> uh, <laughs> least. Um, it uh, was uh, very yeah very interesting. Very he's a big boy. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have uh were there other standouts to you either other players or um yeah I suppose on field stuff or, or teams that looked surprising yeah. to you just generally speaking. Totally yeah um well another thing another um. 
kind of storyline that I think people were watching was Zach Cozart's um, transition to third base with the Angels. Um, he, you know, he's been a second baseman for, I, I think for most of his career. Um, and, uh, and so he's been now playing third or second baseman and shortstop, I think. Um, yeah, he played shortstop for the Reds last year. Shortstop. Okay. That's what I thought. And so, so the, you know, the angels called, there was a good piece in the athletic. I don't remember who, who wrote it, um, about Cozart's transition to third and, and, uh, so I think people are watching that. He, the game I saw against the angels, um, he was hit, you know, hitting the ball well uh seemed to be you know putting good wood on the ball and uh but he did kind of boot one uh you know hard ground ball to third base i think obviously that's that's the play that's going to be the hardest transitioning to third base they call it the hot corner because that ball gets there in a hurry um so i, I think for anyone that's tough that's a tough play but he did uh you know he's gonna have some growing pains i think in, in that adjustment uh to third base as a member of the angels who are gonna be a good team I think. Yeah. Uh, wait. So, so <laughs> did you see Otani then? I did not get to see him play. No, I missed him by one day. Uh, uh, that's so rough. I know. I know. I, I really, I really wish I'd gotten to see him. <laughs> um, I, I even chose the Giants Angels had a split squad that day, and I chose the Angels, the Angels home game because I figured if Otani was going to be in the mix, he'd be at home. But he, uh, we just missed him because uh, you know the Angels have that six-man rotation going plus his spring training, uh, so it's tough to tough to time everything. Um, but yeah, um, the other person, um, Mike Trout, hits uh, he's the baseball pretty good, I think. really far. Were you there at the game where he hit it over the batter's eye? I was there. Um, <laughs> oh and boy! My, you know, I like it. My ears are still ringing from the sound it made. Uh, I mean, we we got to sit pretty close because um, Scottsdale Stadium is pretty overpriced, and so you go anywhere else, and you're like, oh, like. I spend forty bucks to like sit in on the lawn at Scottsdale Stadium. Like I can spend forty bucks to sit three rows behind home plate at Angel Stadium. Um, so we were really close at Angel Stadium and uh, or the whatever they uh, whatever the park is there. And um, yeah, Mike Trout hits the ball really far. Um, he's a freak <laughs> of nature, and um, yeah, I'd love to watch him play. Yeah, uh, the Angel, but but all together, those Angels are going to be, I think, a really sneaky good team. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, and we appreciate the scouting report on Trout. We'll we'll keep an eye out for him this year <laughs> yeah, uh, if he, yeah. if he does anything special. No, yeah, we got to see most of the Angels A squad, um, except for uh, no Andrelton Simmons, who has is out with a shoulder injury, uh, at least was at the time. Um, and that's yeah, it's a good, it's a good team. Um, they pitched uh, the Giants prospect Tyler Beatty um, pitched against them and um, put him put him down one time through, and then uh, Mike Trout happened. Uh, as it it, it does alex and i were watching that on tv and as soon as he hit it i was like well that's not going to stay in the ballpark and i didn't really mean that it wasn't going to stay in the ballpark entirely but then it just (laughs) completely left over the batter's eye and we go where did it land (laughs) uh yeah it it landed in on the freeway i think um (laughs) out in in peoria it's uh but you know that mike trout was not the only person to do that in that game the other person who did that um and this is transitioning a little bit to the Giants, um, but Mac Williamson did that as well, and he did it first, um, I think, actually. Um, and so, Mac so what Williamson, you're saying is Mac Williamson is better than Mike Trout. <laughs> this is the only well, way to interpret this. That's a little bit what I'm saying. Uh, Mac <laughs> Williamson, uh, Mac Williamson is a completely has come to spring training a completely different player um, than he has been in years past. He re- he's completely changed his swing. Um, to model it after someone like Justin Turner with kind of a high leg kick and like he keeps he keeps his hands lower than usual, um, and he is tearing the cover off the ball, 
in the spring, um, and he's doing it with authority. Um, there was a piece, uh, a Jim Bowden piece in The Athletic. Um, I, can you tell I subscribe to The Athletic? <laughs> um, Everyone writes there now, so I don't blame you. I know. I, also, I'm joining The Athletic. I, I, uh, sorry. <laughs> I'm leaving this podcast um, to go join The Athletic. Sorry. Right now. <laughs> Um, no, but Tim Bowden put a piece about kind of, you know, spring training appearances or, uh, performances to believe and disbelieve kind of thing. And, and he was saying, actually, he, he is pessimistic. He doesn't think that, uh, Mac Williamson is here to stay. He thinks he's just, you know, showing that he can be a, you know, have a four, a player as he has been the last few seasons. But, um, he really has, um, changed his swing and he looks like a different player. Um, and he's got power to all fields. Um, and he's got big time power. I mean, he, he hit the ball just as far as Mike Trout did, uh, in that game. And I think that's going to be a really interesting part of some of the giants position battles that are going on. You know, I don't know if you guys have, 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 have thoughts on that at all, but, um, it's, um, it's been really interesting to watch it and play. Um, not so much specifically about the giants position battles, but just kind of a more general question about the players, um, and the, the attitudes of the coaches, so I like when I watch spring training, I kind of throw most of it out, and, and the fact that like yeah. players are just getting back into their rhythm, like they totally. they are what they have been projected to be in the past seasons when they were playing in high A or double A AA or triple A or whatever. Totally. Um, did you get the sense that players, managers, and coaches felt that way, or were they really taking this as seriously as a lot of people overreacted to be? Does that make uh, sense? Yeah, like just as far as I think. There's certainly not a focus on kind of results as such. Um, if, if that's kind of what you what you're talking about, like yeah. no one's no one's really worried about like. Basically, I'm just looking know. for a way to talk myself out of Tebow being as bad as he was. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. Right. No, I think uh, no. Certainly, it, it's very little results oriented at spring, um, and you and that you can get that feeling from kind of the all the post game interviews when when you know players or coaches are available for for a comment. Um, you know. A pitcher who gave up six runs in three innings will say, you know, uh, I was hit my spots, uh, that, and that's what's important, that kind, of, that kind of thing, you know? And you get that sense kind of there's um, – and, you know, weird stuff happens in spring training. Um, I don't know. I think I was – I was at a game where um, the Padres second baseman went over to field the – I think it was Jose Perella, I believe, uh, went over to field the ball and actually ended up, without touching it with his glove, kicking it to the first baseman. Um <laughs> Baseball. Eric Hosmer, um, <laughs> who picked it up for and recorded a put out, um, which was weird. Um, the other um, absolutely strange thing that happened in spring training uh, to pivot a little bit was I texted Alex about this as well. The Giants played the A's on Monday, and uh, like there were nearly several fights broke out, um, and and in that way maybe people are taking things too seriously. Um, but it was. Uh, it was very, very strange. Um, Chris Davis got brushed back and then kind of threw his arms up like, you want a piece of me to Sam Dyson? <laughs> and everyone was like, why is this happening right now? Uh, like, yes, Chris Davis versus Sam Dyson, the all-time rivalry right there. <laughs> it was it was really strange. And um, the home plate umpire and Nick Hundley was the catcher for the Giants at the time. And everyone was like, you know, Hundley was yelling at the ace dugout and the plate umpire was yelling at Sam Dyson and Chris Davis was just yelling into the sky and... Uh, it was a really strange, strange thing. Chris Davis ended up walking, and I think he's still on his way to first base. Um, <laughs> could, could not have been going slower. Part of me um, wants to say this is dumb, but also the other part of me is saying one time you almost fought someone in a rec league softball game. So <laughs> I have the same, is the same experience. Yeah, yeah, playing intramural, intramural, you know, indoor soccer, and I'm like, 
yeah, yelling at people. <laughs> and I'm like, come on, guys, it's spring training. You know, why don't we all just get along? Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's uh, so that was a really strange experience. Um, actually, unfortunately, uh, some Giants farmhand came into the game later and broke the finger of an A's prospect. Um, Wait, which what? is a little unfortunate. Yeah, Wait, he um, broke his finger. Wait, yeah, was that Loriano? Yes, Loriano broke his uh... finger. <laughs> oh, great um, breaking news yeah. no pun intended broken news oh, God. Uh, broken news you're broken news um, sorry to break that to you guys um, yeah Loyonov did break his finger this um, is why we have really, a spring training correspondent uh-huh. which was really unfortunate um, the other ace prospects looked really good though Mateo and Barreto looked great um, they hit the ball they were hitting the ball hard Barreto hit one um, out with with authority um, and, and so I think the, I mean the A's have a lot of things to look up to um despite you know all of alex's whining um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they've got a lot of really good young guys obviously the question with the A's is always how long are they going to hang on to them but there, there's good stuff happening in, in the oakland camp right now well that's that's good to hear i appreciate you you stroking <laughs> stroking my uh my ego a little bit Your with fan that ego. One. Yeah. yeah alex has several times predicted that the a's are going to be the breakout team of 2018 and by breakout he just means they're gonna like go 500 <laughs> Right. You know, they'll right. compete for a wild card. I keep saying that they're like this year's twins, and I'll totally take that. Um, yeah. <laughs> generally speaking... The bar is on the floor. <laughs> yeah, really this year's twins. Something to aspire Get to. Get hype. <laughs> um, before we talk too specifically about the Giants, just generally about spring training beyond what was going on like on the field, um, just in terms of atmosphere... Were there ballparks that stood out to you that had the, I don't know, the best food or or that had the, the best layout that just provided yeah. the most fun uh, experience, in your opinion? Also, yeah. were there any, like, players to kind of build on that that really made the atmosphere, like, get up to another level? Were there any players that the fans were getting especially excited about? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um as far as to start with the ballparks and, and, and that sort of atmosphere, um, I, I love Scottsdale Stadium. Um, it's right is that, is that the Scottsdale. Giants one? That's the Giants Stadium. Um, uh, and it's, so it's a really great ballpark. Um, and in keeping kind of with the Giants MO, they've, you know, they've got some good, they've got good food options there. And it's a, a fun, you know, it's a fun place to watch a baseball game. Um, in general, like I said, it, it, the Giants also in kind of their MO have it, – it's starting to become one of the more pricey options in, in Arizona Cactus League, um, which is just, you know, so it goes. Um, and uh, and that's tough for uh, – obviously for, for a lot of fans. Um, on a slightly tangential note, I don't know if you guys saw the Orioles are going to allow children nine and under for free into the upper deck this season, which is yeah, really cool. I, that. I think that's awesome. The thing that the Marlins um, refuse to do. Oh my god! Oh yeah, that's right. I listened to that. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess I guess when you're the Orioles, you can kind of get away with that sort of thing. They're yeah, not going to be good just, this year or most of the years in the near future. But also, Peter Angelos is like, I won't spend any money on a pitcher, but I'll let everyone in for free. Well, yeah. maybe this is their way of a, uh, recruiting new young talent. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> like this nine year old's got a good arm. This nine year old hit thirty on the gun <laughs> in the yeah, outfield. Um, it's projectable. Yeah. Totally. The um, the A's. I really do. I think I really do like the A's um, spring complex. It's a really nice ballpark. Um, should just play there all the time. <laughs> yeah, they should just really just play there all the time. Um, it's a cool place. It's got like good atmosphere. Um, I love that the a lot of these spring parks have uh, like lawn in the outfield. It's kind of a lawn GA seating kind of thing where anyone can you just put, throw a blanket down and you hang out um, in the sun. I think that's a good, a really awesome like atmosphere to just like 
kind of enjoy spring baseball as far as it's, you know, pretty laid back and, and, you know, by the sixth inning, no one you've ever heard of is playing anymore. So it's <laughs> kind of just like, you know, have a hot dog and hang out. Um, yeah. It reminds me of the little league world series, especially how it looks on TV. Just people chasing yeah. down home runs out there. Yeah, totally. It is very much like that. Um, especially like during batting practice, it's like, you know, just kind of hanging out, like trying not to step on kids, um, <laughs> and chasing <laughs> down home runs. Um, the food is the, – I think the A's Park also may have had the best food. I had an Ike sandwich at the A's ballpark, um, which was, to me, um, a pretty special treat. Uh, I don't know if, if Ike's is, – is Ike's on the East Coast? I don't think Ike's is out here. I have no, no idea what that is, so no. no. Okay. Um, well, we anyway, speak for all of the East Coast. We don't know what that is. <laughs> well, it's excellent sandwiches in, uh, in, in the Bay Area and uh, I think – all on the West Coast, perhaps. Um, Wait, I'm not sure. Are but, you guys from the Bay Area? Uh, <laughs> are you guys from Oakland? <laughs> you might be. Um, we are. And, um, and yeah, actually, I actually um, stopped eating beef recently. Um, and so that's been an interesting thing, like, especially like going to the ball, going to four baseball games in four days and like <laughs> trying to eat food without eating beef. Um, oh, God was pretty uh got, it was it was sketchy at times but um <laughs> it was like hmm i like how yeah sure i'll have a third pulled pork sandwich today like um but mostly you know it, you kind of know what you're gonna get when you go to a, a ballpark like that and uh but the ikes the ikes was certainly a welcome uh, a welcome respite from the uh standard chicken fingers uh and pulled pork <laughs> <laughs> no more hot dogs for austin sad um and then let me think about bobby your question about players i you know to go back to mike trout people love mike trout um as they should yeah and he looks like he's having a really good time um and that makes i think people like we were at this angels game and it was kind of raining uh which was weird for scottsdale but it was definitely like raining and like just that guy comes out of the dugout and like everyone in the whole stadium is just like there's just like a lot of energy and like he that's that's because of the person and the player who he is um and uh and you know to to talk about you guys you know you guys have had conversations about you know baseball's lebron um and you know mlb players showing kind of having some personality and i think i would say he's probably the closest to that he just doesn't do it from an interview perspective like he won't speak out like in front of cameras but he seems like a really cool guy like to me he's emotionally and spiritually i think he's baseball's clay (laughs) he just loves playing (laughs) baseball and right. he just totally. loves having a good time and hanging out with his bros. And if he could stay on this team and just do what he likes to do for the rest of his life, I think he would. Yeah, and I feel like Clay absolutely. Thompson's the same way. Well, yeah. yeah, and it is really interesting then that you say how hyped up everyone was for him, right? Because we talk all the time. We're like, oh, Mike Trout is like, he's great, but like no one really recognizes it because he's really boring. But right, it's, right, right. it is, I guess, refreshing to hear that fans around the game still know that Mike Trout, but also very good baseball player. Skewed sample size of fans there. These are the people that are willing to go to arizona for spring trading so (laughs) but like you know if you're if you live in anaheim like you kind of you gotta get you gotta go to arizona yeah um true as well get out of there um nothing tying you down in anaheim california (laughs) and even as a even like as a giants fan like mike tried to hit that ball over the batter's eye and i was like i was ecstatic like you know i was i was smiling smiling ear to ear like that was you know just like a good like there was good baseball happening you know um so he's definitely a player that i think uh has kind of an energy about him that like really is is good for the game um good for baseball tm um but uh yeah so that that's the one that stood out to me well kind of when you asked that question i want my face to be untouched i want my face to be
Uh, so Austin, you and I uh, text relatively frequently about baseball, and yeah. uh, and specifically the San Francisco Giants, of which you are a noted fan. Fanatic, if you will. Yes, correct. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and we, you will often tell me about the players on this team, and oftentimes I think you're making the names up because (laughs) I pretty much know no one on the Giants. What I've realized is like my idea of the Giants is still like 2014 when I'm like Matt Cain's still good, right? Like uh is is Jeremy Affelt still on the team? Oh, how's Angel Pagan gonna do this year? (laughs) Sad, love him. (laughs) Um, so uh, tell me, given all this, given the fact that, um, I, nor probably a lot of other non-Giants fans. Would yeah. Be I was to... listening to the effectively wild preview the other day. I was like, I know four of these guys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so given that, are the Giants going to be good this year? Um, I think they could be. Um, I think the NL West has got, there's a lot going on in the NL West. We've talked about this, um, <laughs> They, you know, you get the Dodgers, I think, um, there's no question, they're going to probably win the division, um, and they're going to challenge for another World Series title, um, as much as it hurts every fiber of my being to say that out loud. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, and I think the Diamondbacks and the Rockies are both going to be interesting. Uh, in I think I would put them kind of more, I, I would put the Giants, Diamondbacks, and Rockies kind of all in the same boat uh, as far as kind of potential um landing spots um i think the giants probably have the lowest floor of those teams um but i think this and and perhaps the lowest ceiling but they're all it's kind of it's not statistically significant um i would say like the the error on those projections i think is (laughs) is wide enough that you could kind of put them all in the same boat and and for that reason i think it's um the giants certainly have a chance to challenge for um a wild card spot uh I, i don't I couldn't in good, in good faith tell you that I think they could, they could win the division this year. Um, <laughs> but I, I really do think that um, one of those National League, National League wild, spot, wild card spots um, could go to the Giants. Um, and I would not be surprised if both of them are in the National League West, if both wild card spots come from the NOS. That hurts. Um, I hope you're also predicting a Nationals breakdown then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But the uh, I think the thing with the Giants um, this year, because last year, an un you know, unadulterated train wreck. I mean, there was no question about it. The wheels came off. It was a dumpster fire of a baseball team. And, uh, and but uh, well, really a lot of things went poorly. It started, um, you know, well, it, we really started at the all-star break of the last season, but, um, you know, Madison Bumgarner hurts himself riding a dirt bike. Johnny Cueto's got, his hands are covered in blisters. Um, and, um, He's and been digging got, holes all season yeah. <laughs> for whatever reason. Then, he's now in the movie then, holes. Yeah, and then you've got um, really just underperforming seasons from Brandon Crawford, from Brandon Belt, from Joe Panic, um, and from whoever, whatever the black holes was at third base uh, or in any of the outfield positions, frankly, um, in even a down year from Buster Posey. And so I think we have a combination of things happening with the Giants and that um, they retooled. Um, obviously there's a lot of big, there were a lot of big names that came into the giants. Um, really, I guess big names, if it's 2011, um, who came into the giants. Um, and then also they're they're due for some kind of positive regression to the mean. Um, I think someone like Brandon Crawford, Brandon Belp, Joe Panic, and even Buster Posey are due, um, to kind of, I think they, there really was (laughs) as silly as it sounds, a lot of just poor luck, um, that went around. Um, and I think those guys are due to regress in a positive direction, uh, definitely. 
Yeah, I think from what I've like read and seen, their their batted ball profiles was a lot better than their actual numbers ended up being. But I wanted yeah. to ask about the bullpen a little bit. Other yeah. than Tony Watson, who they brought in this offseason, right? Yes, uh, um, just recently. Other than him, it's not a it's not a list of great guys behind him. There's Hunter Strickland, Sam Dyson, who had a famous meltdown at the beginning of last year, and then two yeah. guys I don't know. And then Mark Melanson, if he can bounce back, can be their closer. <laughs> um, as yeah. a fan, when they turn it over to the bullpen, where is your stomach? Is it in your mouth? Is it in your throat? Are you nervous? Like, um, yeah. How do you feel about how that's going to turn out this year? Yeah, you know, luckily with the Giants, you know, the Giants are old school in that they're they're pretty, you know, they like having you know pitchers who will throw 200 innings of the year and 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 they'll let those guys go pretty deep into games. Um, and you know, sometimes it's uh, chasing the ever uh, ever elusive pitcher win. Um, <laughs> and, and you know that's upsetting sometimes, but the uh, but for the most part, um, you know the Giants pitching staff. There's no question um, over the past decade has been known. You know the starting pitchers have been known for being able to you know put the team in a good spot to win a ball game, um, and and me- which means that we've had I think to rely on our bullpen less um, than a lot of other teams had have had to. Um, but definitely, especially last year and the last I would say three seasons. Um, the feeling you're describing is accurate. It's very much like, oh God, here we go. Like the kind of, I mean, really, it even started in the Brian Wilson years. Um, and um, and TBT. Mike Kruko, Mike Kruko, the one of the Giants, the Giants color commentator, um, you know, coined the phrase like Giants baseball torture. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh come on, come which on. Is like maybe you know, maybe in light of recent uh, recent appointments to. The head of the CIA isn't um, an appropriate <laughs> joke to make, but um, oh boy, <laughs> but 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 really, um, that has been kind of the feeling. It's very much a roller coaster ride uh, with this bullpen. I feel much better about this year's bullpen uh, than I have in years past. I think um, I saw Melanson pitch uh, this weekend. Um, I thought he looked pretty sharp. Um, there's some questions about how good he is feeling, but I think. Um, if if it if they just stay questions and not answers, I think he'll he'll um, he, he so far he looks pretty good. He's worked with Tony Watson before um, in Pittsburgh. Tony Watson was the guy who would hand him the you know the lead in the ninth for the mm-hmm. most part. Um, so that's a good relationship they've got there. I think I imagine one of the names um, Bobby that you don't that you mentioned that you didn't recognize was that of Josh Josh Osich. Um, Correct. He's not even listed on the depth chart on ESPN.com. Yeah. So, so, so Josh Osich is, um, I believe, will be on the team this year. Um, he has been around for the last few years on the big league club. Um, and recently, you know, this is all secondhand reporting, uh, but he recently kind of retooled his repertoire to just focus on like fastball changeup. He, you know, he had been doing like slider, curveball, like other stuff. Um, but he's kind of narrowed it down to like just do a few things really well as opposed to doing a lot of things pretty well. And he's been lights out this spring. I mean, he has not given up. He's given up, I think, one run in seven and two-thirds innings with, like, 11 strikeouts or something like that. Um, really pitching well. He'll, he'll contribute this year as a left-handed reliever. Um, that's really good. Yeah, the bullpen, I think, uh, and Derek Law will be in the bullpen as well. He's got a really funky delivery, super deceptive. Um, if he can kind of keep his head on straight, I think he, you know he's got the stuff to, to – be an effective big league uh, reliever. Um, so I feel, all things told, I feel much better about the team, the, the team's bullpen this year um, than I have in year pa- years past. Um, I, I would say that that's the area of the team where there's the least uncertainty about who's going to be on it. It's just about whether, whether they're going to perform. 
Yeah, it's about whether they're going to perform. And 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 most of the the Giants have a lot of players with minor league options remaining this year. Um, and they're fortunate in that sense that they that it gives them a lot of flexibility with setting the roster um, and moving guys around if need be. Yeah, um, I I think the the funny thing about this, I guess, if you can put it that way, is I mean, there's all this uncertainty uh, on the roster. And, uh, and you know, Kruko's thing about Giants baseball being torture is very, especially given last year. Um, I take offense yeah. to that. That's, that's the Mets corner. Fatalism <laughs> and, like, overreactions, that's the Mets fans' corners. Well, but it's, it's, also, it's also funny given the fact that, like, what, three years ago, the, the Giants were just coming off three World Series wins totally. in five years. Like, like <laughs> three years ago feels like a different decade. So but, true. <laughs> Yeah, but that I think Grant Brisby said it really well in his uh like leaving post from McCovey Chronicles yeah. in that no Giants fan really has that much ground to complain about. But like totally. at the end of the day, what what does anyone have that much to complain about? It's just baseball, right? Like whether yeah, right. you won or lost, it doesn't really matter. Absolutely. Um all right, Austin, well, we are going to wrap it up here. Is there anything else you wanted to add just spring training wise or from around the league? Anything else you wanted to mention before we let you go? Um, yeah. I mean, uh, one of the things that we, we talked about a little bit is um, just, just to, to run briefly over some of the other position stuff going on in the giants. I think Pablo Sandoval makes this team um, this year. Which this is giants team. so strange. I really do. Um, really? He, what year is it? Yeah. He, <laughs> What's yeah, my age again? <laughs> are you ready for the next one? I, so is Gregor Blanco. Um, <laughs> uh, I think both of those guys are going to make this team. They both have have left-handed bats that still play. Pablo looks really lost from the right-hand side of the plate, um, but he um, still has left-handed power, and I think that'll play at AT and T Park. He's a serviceable corner infielder. Is um, Pablo Sandoval a switch hitter? Sure is. I did not remember that. If you yeah. haven't seen someone bat from both sides of the plate in the last like eighteen months, you definitely don't. It's impossible to remember whether they're a switch hitter or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, he he can still hit left handed. That's going to be valuable for the Giants. I think he makes the team. I think Blanco does as well. I think uh, the center field thing with the Giants is we didn't get to talk about, it, um, but uh, I don't think Stephen Duggar, who's kind of their center fielder of the future, I don't think he makes the team out of camp this year. I think um, he'll he'll end up. In AAA, they don't want to force the issue, make him kind of force their hand to put him in the, on the big league club. Um, I think it'll be Blanco and Austin Jackson platooning in center to start. Um, and I think I like Mac Williamson to have that last spot um, in the outfield. I think he's earned it. Um, and then I would say it's between Chase Darnold and um, Kelby Tomlinson for the last infield spot. And I think uh, I think it'll be Darnold. Those are your those those are my quick my quick <laughs> my quick uh, quick synopsis of some of those battles. Um, but it's, uh, it's, I think it's going to be, and I also, I also think Derek Holland will make the team as a swingman, um, and kind of spot starter. Uh, he's on the giants camp as well. It, um, it, it's always, it's always kind of fun to have like just a couple guys on your roster who are like the hail Marys, right? A guy like <laughs> Mac Williamson or, or whoever, yeah. or, you know, why the Mets are still employing Brandon Nimmo, right? It's like, I mean, yeah. what if? Like, what if he did turn out right, to be really good? He's a prospect. Great? He's, a, he's a young I'm kidding, prospect. I'm kidding. He's got a good eye. Come on, don't make me be. Don't make me stand here I'm, and I'm, yell. I'm high on Brandon Nimmo this year. My point yeah. is just generally, I like, I like those guys who are like have done absolutely nothing <laughs> to warrant everyday playing time thus far. Mm, but totally. the the possibility that you can dream on them is is just making them is worth 
keeping them around. I, too, Absolutely. would not have put Brandon Nimmo in a trade for Andrew McCutcheon. <laughs> I also feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> that was a very yeah, hard sentence to say. <laughs> yeah, the Giants did not, all told, did not give up too much for those two, you know, household name players they ended up pulling back. They yeah, did a, they, they, they did were, well. yeah, they were given their return and, like, yeah. relative ceiling like Longoria and McCutcheon are not what they were four years ago but like no, no they're not question. bad players yeah I would I would take them in a wash also like yeah, all they have to do is just write the check for them that's really the only like negative yeah. but and they have the money it turns out right. that the Giants have several exactly. dollars yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 the, the Giants have been as a Giants fan I certainly feel lucky that the team has been willing to kind of open up the checkbook um in times when it's when it kind of seems necessary um that's kind of the tough thing about being an A's fan i imagine um or a mets fan in this offseason uh <laughs> is, is really you know and that's the discussion you know everyone's talking about collusion and stuff and it's really to me it seems that if you own a major league baseball team you should be able to afford you know running a major league baseball team and <laughs> And, That's revolutionary, right? <laughs> right? Which, which, right? It sounds silly to say, but if 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 truly the excuse is that you know it's not financially responsible to like go out and get a get a solid third starter, you know, if you're uh, you, the Milwaukee Brewers or if you're the Los Angeles Angels or or whatever, um, then maybe that's not or god forbid if you're the own the Miami Marlins, um, you know, like that's maybe you shouldn't be in the business of owning a baseball team. <laughs> I so agree. I'm pretty sure I yelled that once. I yelled, just write a check for $400 million. Just do it. You're rich. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, it really is bizarre to like think about that their whole excuse is like, oh, we don't have enough money. Like, <laughs> It's like, are it's you are you bizarre. serious right now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it seems like it's like a joke. The Giants are like it's right awesome. up against it, though. They're still under the competitive luxury tax, right? Yeah, but they're it like, depends depends like what they, what contracts they move around and actually finalize the roster with there's a lot of different ways of calculating it and a lot of the people who thought they knew what was happening were told recently that they weren't quite accurate and that the giants actually have a little more room than people thought but they're right up against it as far as i'm concerned um, the thing that i found really interesting um was that the cbt number is not calculated until the end of the season which i didn't know and and i, and I found that out which means that a team like the Giants, who are up against it and kind of right on the line of contention, if they're if they're twenty five games out of first place in July, they can dump salary and they'll be you know like they could st- they could theoretically still add now, go over the tax, and then dump in July if they're out of the running, um, in order to retool and go after that kind of with the prolific free agent class that's going to be this next off season. That's just what the world needs: the Giants signing like <laughs> Manny Machado, Manny Machado <laughs> yeah, Bryce Harper in uh-huh. right field. I'll take oh, it. Boy. Oh, okay, hear me out though. Can you imagine Bryce Harper hitting splash home runs? Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty. That'd be pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> it would look that. good. Yeah. He could get his beard oh, back. Really good. He or he could keep his beard. I guess I'm assuming that he's already on the Yankees. He could get his beard back. What yeah. am I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Yikes! That hurts more. <laughs> Bryce Harper on the Yankees. <laughs> um. All right, Austin. Well, we're going to let you go. Finish writing your thesis. Do, do uh, this after this brief respite from the real world. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna release it. you back to the to the animals. Yeah, um, seriously. Best yeah. of luck with that. Don't don't yeah. faint in a bodega. <laughs> That's my yeah, advice. Do my best. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, but Austin, thank you very much for uh, for coming on and lending us yeah. your insights about most Giants players that uh, otherwise I would have not known existed. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah, we can appeal to Giants me. Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. This is our crossover. <laughs> You've done it. You've done it. So, uh, and actually, you know, I'm I'm pretty big on Twitter. I actually people like one of my tweets one time. So, um, <laughs> I'm pretty uh, pretty up. I'm kind of a big deal. You're kind of a big deal. Yeah. You're kind of hot shit. All right. Thank <laughs> yeah. you so much, Austin. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, thanks Austin. Take care. Well, I definitely know a lot more about unknown Giants players than I knew I am, an hour ago. I'm going to keep an eye on Mac Williamson. That's what I'll tell you. He's Yeah, he's squaring the ball up this spring. He, he is. He's got that Daniel Murphy swing change going. So Stop saying Daniel Murphy's <laughs> name on this podcast. I'm done with him. He's canceled. <laughs> well, you know who is not canceled from our hearts, but was certainly canceled from <laughs> Mets Brink training? <laughs> Speaking of Speaking cancellation, of. <laughs> uh, Tim Tebow. Yeah. He's out. Have you seen the picture of Tebow standing next to Noah Syndergaard? Syndergaard tweeted it out. No. Uh, it's brilliant. They're they're a match made in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> they're a match made in weight room heaven. Uh, yeah, Tebow no longer in the running to uh, crack the opening day roster for the Mets, which is sad because he had a pretty good showing at uh, at spring training. I mean, he hit. <laughs> Come on, fi- man. He hit fifty six. Oh five six. <laughs> he struck out in over half of his plate appearances. Yeah, is that he, good? This was a he got reassigned to the minor league camp after he went zero for four with four strikeouts. Golden sombrero. I respect it, man. Yeah, he's doing what he can. All right. Well, I mean, I don't have that many takes about that. It is what it is. The numbers they don't lie in this case. <laughs> <laughs> I know we're not looking for results in spring training, but when you strike out like seventy percent of the time. It's more than results. That's approach. That's skill. That's everything. Yeah. The thing is, like, most players either have good results or bad results. Tebow just had no, no results. results. <laughs> <laughs> he just didn't do anything. Yeah, true. Uh, to be fair, he's 31, and he didn't play baseball for a decade, and he faced Max Scherzer, who's, like, a human lawn mowing machine. You know, and he is doing more than you or I could ever do. So more power to him, man. He's doing God's work. These are facts. All right. Um, we're going to wrap up. Uh, it's been fun. I enjoyed talking about Arizona spring training, which is not something I often think about here on the East Coast. So thanks to Austin. That was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, we wanted to keep this one short because, you know, not a lot happened since our last episode. If you missed it, our last episode was a themed kind of narrative episode about backyard baseball featuring the creator of the game. And it was probably my favorite episode that we've done so far. So if you didn't listen to it, we would love if you went and checked it out. It's a fun listen, under an hour, and you'll learn a lot that you didn't know about the game before. Yeah, so thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, shoot us an email at tippingpitchespod at gmail.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter. We're always here for you. Thanks, y'all. See you next week.